I'm living with my parents right now in Nashville, and they have a backyard. This is a big change for me. I normally live in New York City where I don't have a backyard. <laughs> and the ability to just walk outside and hear nature and be in nature and touch nature and see nature is a total game changer. Something happens when you live in New York City is you start to think you know everything because you have to fight for everything. You fight with people on the sidewalk, on the train, for your very existence. If you passively let people brush by you, you will lay down in the gutter and die. You start to think you know everything <laughs> or not everything more than other people. And it is important, as much as I love that disgusting city, it is important to leave it sometimes and go walk outside in the grass where you can't hear a gazillion people talking about K-pop or whatever the fuck. And that's what I'm doing these days. I walk outside almost every morning. It is a game changer to be able to go touch a tree that dozens of people haven't recently pissed on. It is a game changer. And so that's what I've been doing. And I'm just gonna say it, it feels great. I don't do it every morning because I still am a lazy, corrupted piece of shit. But when I do do it, it feels fantastic. And I did it this morning. And when I do that, I am forced immediately to confront birds. Birds as a concept, birds as a literal thing. There are birds making so many different noises, zinging around in the sky, all these colors of birds. I've always known in theory that they're there, but when you really start looking for them, it just suddenly put in perspective to me why bird watching is a thing. Over the past several years, I've gotten more into birds, just watching them, looking for them, thinking about them. And I remember being a teenager and knowing that my uncle was a bird watcher and thinking, man, this guy doesn't have a fucking clue. There are so many better things to watch on the TV, on the internet. Instead, he just goes outside and watches the air and some trees and waits for a bird? It just is perplexing to the mind of a 16-year-old. And now here I am at the cusp of 34, looking outside at the air, at the trees going, man, this is, <laughs> this is as good as it gets. Um, I've gotten into birds. Yeah. And so I wanted to use today to talk about birds because I have some silly little ding-dong thoughts about birds. Let's kick it off. Number one, is there a silly little ding-dong, more ding-dong than a bird? Let's just clarify what type of bird I'm talking about. I'm talking about the type of birds that I will see zooming around suburban Nashville, Tennessee. I'm not talking about gigantic eagles or the birds that actually give credence to the fact that they're descended from the Tyrannosaurus Rex. I'm not talking about those birds. I'm talking about the cuties. They're just whipping around confetti in the air. Can you get more ding-dong than that? I mean, come on. It's so cute. It's outrageous. The fact that they're all different colors, like God or whoever was having a party the day that they put birds together. Quick sidebar, I just have to say it. I love greyhound dogs as well. And I love thinking about how if it really was God sitting in a room and mixing up all the creatures and all the things, if it really is the way that book says it is, which... I'm skeptical and sorry, I'm I'm getting really far outside of ding dong territory right now. But just real quick, if it really is, 
I love thinking about the moment that the Lord decided to make greyhound dogs. What the ever-loving fuck was going through his or her head? What? It's as if he, I'm just going to use he, fuck it. It's as if he challenged himself. He was like, I have to make a dog that is the biggest dog in existence in a 2D plane, but also from a separate vantage point, the smallest dog that ever existed. <laughs> their bodies. Their bodies. What is going? I'm just in love with greyhound dogs. And they're gentle. They're giants. But they're so gentle. They have the humble demeanor of a retired farmer with a good heart. I just love greyhounds. Get back to the point, Lisa. Birds. Birds are beautiful. The birds I see most days are extremely beautiful. And I started thinking about some of the birds that are a little more ding-dong than others, and I wanted to just go through them with you. Um, first things first, woodpecker. This is a no-brainer. <laughs> Guy, are you for real right now? At the tree, just uh, 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 all day long? That is some ding-dong behavior right there. Second most ding-dong of the birds, hummingbirds, because it's like a woodpecker, but yassified. The big, long beak. It's the same concept. It's just the hummingbird is going uh, uh, uh into a flower and with its wings. It's a totally yassified, overachieving woodpecker. In one version of that opinion, it's respectable, right? All the time and energy spent being a hummingbird, they have to beat their wings so fast, the woodpecker is just like, Ugh. but in another telling of the story, it's kind of pathetic. Okay, and the third most ding-dong bird to me is the cardinal. It just reeks of insecurity. I know it's not the cardinal's fault that we call it a cardinal. I'm talking about that red bird, small red songbird, a cardinal. It's not his fault that we named him a cardinal, but he still has to live with it. And I just can't help but think, like, this is just too much. It's just a little sycophantic. Some guy saw a cardinal before it had a name and was like, it's got this little top hat on and it's red. Thus, it is that dude that does stuff with God. That's, mm, I, I'm just not seeing it. I don't think the connection is that's as strong as that guy would like us to believe. It just feels insecure. It feels like somebody really trying to suck up to God. And that's annoying to me. That's just some real pick-me behavior. It's a shame that the Cardinal has to take the hit for that because I don't think the Cardinal chose, but alas. So those are my three silly little ding-dong birds that came to the top of my head. But before I get off that, let me say this. One bird that's not a silly little ding-dong is a pigeon. Pigeons of New York City do know more than the other birds. They bring that pride full circle and they earn it. Pigeons should not and cannot be fucked with in the city. They do not fear you and they do not fear death. Oh, hold on. But they, hold on. A pigeon is a sanitized version of a goose. Have you ever run by a, a flock of geese? I run on the West Side Highway and there are some geese at the Chelsea stretch of the West Side Highway. Those beasts are out for blood. I swear, those birds, we like to think of ourselves as super evolved apex predator, not when it's just you and 20 geese. It's over. They are nasty. Those things take the gloves off and suit up. I swear to God, geese scare me. I'm not someone who's super precious about like, oh no, what if someone sees me doing it? But if someone saw me battling 20 to 30 geese, 
I would actually want to die because the geese would absolutely be dominating me. <laughs> I mean, these creatures, they're like pigeons in that they don't fear you, they don't fear death, but unlike pigeons, geese don't even fear whatever comes next. They roll up to the river sticks and they're like, yeah, you want to fucking go? They're ready to take on every single religion's hell. What is going on with geese? Why are they so angry? They are uniquely unpleasant. They open their mouth and they show you when they're honking at you, right? They open their mouth and I'm like, there it is. There's the portal to hell right there. <laughs> it's in the animal because the mouth is scary. I, I couldn't describe it to you right now. It's like blurred out. It's pixeled out in my mind as if it's an explicit image because it's that scary. But I know that it looks like shit. It looks like death. I bet if you took The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and said, it's you against 50 geese in a cage. <laughs> um, if you can do it, you will have... I don't think he is motivated by money at this point. He has too much of it. If you do that, everybody will respect you in the world forever. Every single person. I don't know how it works. It just works. That's what you would win. He couldn't do it. He could not do it. Geese are just too hard. They are too hard. I don't know what happened, but they... Geese go hard. The fact that there hasn't been a gang or a rap group or a gaggle of white supremacist Nazi losers being like, we are the geese, is funny to me. That's a great name. It's simple. It sounds kind of cute. Geese. Geese. But it is not a fucking joke. Just even 10 geese could completely shut it down. So that is the most anti-silly little ding-dong bird is geese. Hold on. One more bird that walks the line between hard as fuck and silly little ding-dong is crows. The crow. Wow. God spent extra time on that one. Stunning. First of all, chic. All black. Nice. Secondly, smart. Interested in us. It's like they're doing birding back to us. They'll engage. Google crow puzzle and that'll just do everything i'm trying to tell you it'll take 10 seconds you'll see a video they're wicked smart and then third thing crows have going for them good parents they stick around with their kids not just in the nest and then push them out and they're like fly some birds are absolutely dick parents there are some birds that will survey the chicks in the nest and be like this one looks particularly not suited for life and just push it out. That, whoa, whoa, that is a Spartan bird. Crows are good parents. They raise their babies, so that's cool, but then they keep with them after they can fly. They just doodle around in the sky together. I love that. I love that. Thinking about this and talking about this is reminding me about the book, How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell. If you haven't read this book, if you don't know what it is, all you need to know is that it is a fantastic book that will change your life, whoever you are. It is absolutely worth the read. It's very readable. It's a wonderful synopsis about why your life would be better. All of our lives would be better if we just took more time to do nothing. It's 10 out of 10. Can't recommend enough. She has this bit in the book about crows. And I want to just go ahead and read it to you. It's a passage where she's getting into the specifics about how birding is part of her practice of noticing her environment and what happens when you stop and listen. 
And I want to just read you the passage about crows because it's beautiful, but it's also so cool. So buckle up, here it goes. I started noticing some crows in my neighborhood. At the time, I had just read The Genius of Birds, and I'd learned the crows are incredibly intelligent and can recognize and remember human faces. They can, in fact, teach their children which are the good and bad humans, good being ones who feed them and bad being ones who try to catch them or do something else weird. I have a balcony, so I started leaving a few peanuts out for the crows. For a long time, the peanuts just stayed there, and I felt like a crazy person. And then, once in a while, I'd notice that one was gone, but I couldn't be sure who took it. Then, a couple times I saw a crow come by and swipe one, but it wouldn't hang out. And then, this went on for a while, until finally they decided they would not land on the balcony, but they would hang out on the telephone wire nearby. One started coming every day around the time that I eat breakfast, and sometimes it would caw to make me come out on the balcony with a peanut. Then, one day it brought its kid, which I knew was its kid because the big one would groom the smaller one, and because the smaller one had an underdeveloped chicken-like squawk. I named them Crow and Crowson. I soon discovered that Crow and Crowson preferred it when I threw peanuts off the balcony so that they could do fancy dives off the telephone line. I can't read crow minds, but it seemed to me that they really do enjoy doing this, and I enjoy seeing it. Sometimes they don't want any more peanuts and they just sit there and stare at me. One time, Crowsum followed me halfway down the street, and frankly, I spent a lot of time staring back at them, which I imagine looks very weird to my neighbors, but again, like the night herons, I found their company comforting, somehow extremely so given the circumstances. It's comforting that these essentially wild animals recognize me, that I have some place in their universe, that even though I have no idea what they do the rest of the day, that they stop by my place every day that sometimes I can even wave them over from a faraway tree. End of quotation. Fuck! Are you kidding me? That sounds so pleasant. That sounds ethereal. That is transcendent. To make friends with a wild animal? A crow! It's possible. Crows live in North America. All of us could be getting a crow friend. If we have to invest the time and energy, right? We're not owed their friendship, but it's possible. And so now my thoughts are racing like crazy about how I could have a crow as a friend? Man, that is exciting. That actually is going to rattle around in my head and get me jazzed up for a while. Damn, I am moved by that. I was moved by that when I read the book many years ago, and I get just as moved by it when I reread it. And I just can't recommend it enough. And that's really all I wanted to say today is that birds are majestic. Some of them are silly little ding-dongs sitting at a tree going, meh, meh, meh. Some of them are hard as fuck gangsters that would drag us all to hell if given the chance. But whatever they are, they're here. They're making noises and they're doodling around in the world. And that's enough for them to merit my attention. So I think that's where I'll leave you today. Birds are cool. And when I was walking around in my yard this morning, I did record a little bit of the bird noises. God knows what they're saying. Fuck me. <laughs> I don't know. I got to believe that they're saying something different, just saying good morning. So that's what I'm going to imagine them saying. Um, and I will leave you here 
with about two minutes worth of birdsong. Thanks for listening. I love you. I miss you. Bye. Thank you again to our sponsor, Big Lemonade. Big Lemonade is a fantastic drink, perfect for thirst quenching, perfect for minimal viable nutrients, just absolutely stunning beverage that you could swap for champagne, Gatorade, water, you name it. Lemonade is there for you. Please drink responsibly.